Welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hemmerker. In each episode, she'll talk with your favorite romantic suspense authors. They will take you behind the scenes of the writing process, giving excerpts from their writing, and share stories about their writing life. Ranch Under Fire by Tina Wheeler A Witness on the Run A Mission to Survive Fleeing after witnessing a shooting in her office, Bailey Scott must rely on cowboy Jackson Walker for protection when the gunman turns his sights on her. With a drug ring determined to silence her, Jackson promises to protect her at his ranch. But he's an undercover DEA agent with secrets he can't reveal. Can he take down the criminals before their pursuers lead them straight into an inescapable trap? Hi, and welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm your host, Sarah Hammerker, and I'm so glad you joined me. Today, I'm ch chatting with Tina Wheeler. She's an award-winning author, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and a retired teacher. And I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. So welcome to my show, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you wrote um, in your bio, it says that you wrote romances and cozy mysteries before switching to uh, romantic suspense. So why, why the change? What, what attracted you to the romantic suspense genre? My very first book was a romantic suspense. Mm -hmm. And in that one, it was when I was first learning to write and I felt like I was just, you know, trying to copy what everybody else was doing. And, um, and I loved cozy mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I would have a lot more freedom if I got away from all the rules that there are in romance. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of had fun with it, did what I wanted to do. And pretty much, I think the only rules in cozies is, well, you have to solve a mystery type, all the loose ends and, you know, no graphic sex or violence. And I thought, well, I can deal with that. And um, it was great because it actually gave me a chance to let loose and develop my voice. Mm. And which was a big deal when it got, when it came to selling to Harlequin. Yes, yeah. So, do you write exclusively then for Harlequin's Love Inspired line now? At this point, um, you know, when you're self-publishing, you have the time to do anything you want. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> I'm getting used to. Um, you know, sending in the proposals and, you know, talking with an agent and everything. And um, so once I have um, more of a schedule developed, I'm going to try to do some short indies um, mm -hmm. just to help develop the name. And yeah. then and a lot depends. I had a an agent, I mean, an editor when I first got in who was, um, oh yeah, you know, just, you know, send in some other stuff. We'll get you a bigger contract. We switched to, she, she went to Mira and then I have a new editor and we've only done one book, the one book together and she's learning the ropes. So um, I don't know that she's settled in her role yet to know what my role is yet. Right, right. So we have to figure out that dynamic and how much she wants me to write for them and how many books she's going to want. And um, then from there, we'll be able to figure out, you know, do I want to try to get in with another uh, publisher or I just want to do, you know, small indie stuff with along with what I write for them. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's nice to have options. And, and I think that's one of the things that I love about being an author in the 21st century <laughs> is that we have so many more options. You know, we can do a little indie publishing and a traditional publishing. Um, I like to do both as well um, because there's just some stories that I know aren't going to fit either love inspired or they're going to be too short for something else. Or I did present it through my agent and they liked it, but it didn't quite make it to the final thing. And I'm like, well, I like this story so I can, right. I can give it a life. Um, and I love that because it's a, it's a nice way to, like you said, to kind of build your brand as an author and to give readers maybe a few more stories than they would normally have. So I, I think it's great to, to have, um, all these choices, <laughs> choices, yes. choices. Yes. I love choices. So, um, let's talk about, uh, inspiration for your plots. Um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask authors. Cause I always get a lot of different answers. So where mm -hmm. do you, where do the plots come from for you? Well, part of it is I come from a family of, um, of uh, law enforcement officers at both, you know, state and federal level. And, um, and so some of it's from their stories. Some mm -hmm. of it is um, the television shows I'll watch. I watch a lot of crime drama, you know, the FBI's and, yeah. and so, um, but I like to have a twist. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I'll watch something and I'll, I'll think I know where they're going and they're not. And I'm like, oh, but I could use that for my book. <laughs> yes. Or just taking their profession or, or the trope. And then yes. like, just, you know, it's like you want to make sure that you have enough tropes that Harlequin will want it. And then you're like, oh, how can I twist that trope? Yes. <laughs> you know? And so it's fun. Just as sometimes the news, a commercial. Mm -hmm. You know, any of those can, you know, you know, turn it into something, you know, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I love, um, my, my obsession is British crime shows. <laughs> oh, okay. I love to watch, um, I, my children got me a subscription to BritBox last year for Christmas, Mother's Day, New Year's. I have four kids, so it was not too much. And so I said, okay, kids, I want it again, because I just, I'm addicted. And one of the things that I like about the British crime shows, I mean, I watch plenty of American crime shows too, mm -hmm. is that there's less violence because their police officers don't automatically carry guns. Right. And so for me, that just gives me a little bit, it just shows me a little bit more how they can be in danger without bullets flying all the time, you know? Yeah. So it, it just gives me a little, like you said, I look at that and think, ah, I could use that, you know, danger thing in my you know, in my books, because it's something that will maybe a twist on, you know, getting hit on the head. There's only so many concussions we can give our characters. <laughs> kind of I thing. like that, you know, it does. And then it's like with mine, because I have a cozy background, it's mm. like, okay, so how can they hide that that yeah. might be something that would happen in a cozy mystery? I slip right. it into the system. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love the way that um, I feel like I'm always information gathering. Right. I feel like my brain is never like turned off really. Correct. Conversations I ever hear, you know, sometimes I really want to just like bring out my phone and snap pictures of people as I see them because I'm like, oh, you look like somebody that I may want to have in a book one day. Exactly. <laughs> of course I, I 
usually don't because I usually can't get it out in time to do it and not do it in a way that's like obvious. <laughs> I don't want to be like a stalker person, but those thoughts do go through my mind. Or sometimes I think, oh man, I wish I should, I should have recorded that conversation I heard because it was just, it was perfect for, you know, something. So yeah, I'm always, you find, you find that you're kind of like absorbing all of the world around you as you go about your day. Right. And then I've even like Googled images of some real crimes that happened because I want to get a look at the bad guy and just be like, okay, is this like a bad guy? I want to have that description in my book. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what, what makes our books, you know, that that's how we make our books real is because we use, we, we take bits and pieces from our worlds and we put them in there because we want it to seem authentic. I don't want people to read my book and think that could never, ever, ever, nothing in that book could ever happen. It might as well be labeled fantasy. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that can be very, uh, very hard to, to do. Um, so let's talk about readers for a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, how do you connect with your readers? What's your favorite way to connect? I'm, I think I'm on um, Twitter more than other places. Uh, and But I found that I get the most connection when people reply on my newsletter. Mm-hmm. I like to give, do giveaways. And so one time um, I had them just answer a question like, do you, you know, um, celebrate Christmas in July or something. I don't know. And when they would give me a response, mm-hmm. you can just see a little bit of the personal side of them. And then I can share with them my view on that. Yeah. Um, I like that because it's, it's a way from just that group of, you know, social media. Yeah. Um, right now I'm keeping um, my Facebook um private because I was hacked before and they took my credit card info and bought something on I guess it was probably marketplace or something I don't know and had to like cancel my card and you know there's just there's so much out there and and so with the newsletter I'm like well I know they're there you know to find out more about what's going on maybe a lot behind the scenes of Mm -hmm. the books and stuff and then um and then if they want to email me, you know, that's great. I sometimes I just have them email me because they want to say something. And yeah. it's, it's wonderful to get that kind of feedback. I feel like it's almost as close to personal as you can get without them being there. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. I, you know, I focus more, I mean, I'm on social media and I love, you know, I'll interact with people, but there, I get more from my newsletter. Um, and it's just, it is. So readers out there, sign up for your favorite author's newsletters. We'd love to hear from you. We really, truly do. (laughs) You make our day when we get an email from you (laughs) saying that you liked a book or just a reply to something we wrote in our newsletter. It really just helps us to know we're not sending it out there into the void. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, I love the... I love the response and I love to give away things. I do a lot of giveaways on my newsletter too, but other authors I do for my own stuff because, you know, it's just fun. It's fun. People like to have 
free stuff. I love to introduce them to other romantic suspense authors. That's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast. I love to just to let's spread the love. Romantic suspense is great. Yes. <laughs> and we can't put the books out fast enough, so we might as well yes. share other authors. Yeah, we might. Right. All right. Right. Although sometimes I do think, Tina, I just want to go into my little like island and just write for like a year. But I think, nah, I'd last maybe a week or two. And then I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I Real would world. Last, last. Miss my family. <laughs> miss my cats. Yeah. <laughs> I need that um, to touch base with my friends. That's one reason I, I run write-ins with um, yeah. some, so there's usually about four or five of us on and uh, so we'll write for like an hour and then we chat for probably, you know, 15 minutes and then yeah. we write for another hour, you know. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice way. And for, um, for my listeners who maybe don't know, a write-in is when writers get together and they literally write, but they, you know, they try not to talk to one another while they're writing, but it's, it's to get writing done. But, um, and those can be so helpful, I think, to especially when you're stuck at something and you know, oh, I have this, or like word sprints. I know people do those as well, where you try to write so many words in, or you have 20 minutes and you try to get how many words in as you can and stuff like that. Um, can be very helpful for a writer because sometimes we do feel lonely and I can't work on Tina's manuscript while she's writing it. She can't work on mine, but we could write together, sort right. of, kind of. <laughs> and ours are usually on Zoom. Sometimes they're in person, but and then sometimes we're working on other stuff, but, you know, it's writing related. Yeah. But, you know, just having each other there, you know, you don't feel alone. And then um, it's also motivating because during the pandemic, uh, a lot of us just didn't feel like writing. And once we started doing the write-ins, you know, we found that we could become productive again. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we are out of, ta- out of time Tina, but thank you so much for being on my show. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, for me too. Thank you again so much for having me on. You have been listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm your host, Sarah Hamaker, and my guest today was Tina Wheeler. She's an award-winning author. She's written many books, and you can hear an excerpt from one of her latest romantic suspenses, Ranch Under Fire, after this. Now an excerpt from Ranch Under Fire by Tina Wheeler. Two more gunshots were fired. Bailey's flight instincts hijacked her self-control. She raced to the door and shoved her hands against the horizontal metal bar to release the lock. The loud metallic clack announced her departure as she bolted outside. She sprinted down the alley, mind racing as she tried to figure out where she could go. All the other medical offices around her were closed for the weekend. There was nowhere to take shelter. How could she escape from a gunman? She had nothing to help her. No purse, no phone, no car keys. Traffic hummed around the little shopping center located half a block away. If she could get there before the gunman caught up with her, then she could find a store and call for help. But that was a big if. A black SUV with tinted windows entered the lot and drove straight toward her. Was the driver another bad guy? How could she tell? Trying to play it safe, she dashed toward the nearest tree that might provide some protection from oncoming bullets. 
the SUV's window rolled down, and a man with light brown hair and a cowboy hat leaned his head out. Bailey, what's wrong? It took her mind a second to recognize the concerned voice. Jackson, the handyman the management company had recently hired. Oh, thank you, Lord. Before she could tell him that she needed his help, she heard the crunch of gravel and turned to see the masked gunman emerge from the corner of the building with his weapon raised. Her knees threatened to buckle. Jackson's gaze followed hers and his eyes widened. Get in! The click of car locks propelled her to yank open the back door and dive inside. Hold on! Bullets pelted the side of Jackson's SUV. He floored the gas pedal, causing them to lunge forward. Terror filled her. Her dive across the back seat had come up short. The bottom half of her legs stuck out the open door, and her grip on the middle seat cushion kept slipping. Any second now, she might fall out and find the gunman standing over her. She groped around until she felt the seatbelt strap, then tugged it closer and hung on with both hands. The door swung back and forth, hitting her calves as the handyman careened around a lamppost and sped away, with gunfire chasing after them. Thanks for listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hammerker. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can sign up to receive notifications of upcoming podcasts and listen to previous editions at sarahhammakerfiction.com.